Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stylishly Sustainable Podcast, a place where style and sustainability meet. My name is Monica Diaz, and I am your host and a sustainable style coach and consultant and owner of Monica Diaz Mode. I started this podcast to educate myself more and actually to educate others about sustainable fashion and a sustainable lifestyle. I will bring some tips and tricks on how to take those first steps, those baby steps towards sustainability to make it easy and lasting because it is those little steps, the baby steps that make a huge difference towards a more sustainable future. But my favorite part of this podcast is that I get to bring to you, to introduce to you brands that are leading the way towards sustainability and doing it with a lot of style. We get to hear their stories and where they are in their sustainable journey. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Leah Molly, a family design and made collection of modern jacquard knitted wraps. These wraps are made of a buttery, soft, Italian-spun, 100% organic Egyptian cotton. They are easy to take care of, and because they're made of a long staple cotton, they last a lifetime and won't pill. They can be worn year-round and are a wonderful alternative to wool. Leah Molly's studios are located in the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York, in what used to be an old general store slash post office and that's a great story to hear. Liam Molly gets his name from Seema's son, Liam, and her daughter, Molly. Putting those two names together, you get Leah Molly. The great thing is that Molly is also Seema's design and business partner. So let's get this conversation started. Hi, everyone, and here we are back at the Stylishly Sustainable podcast, and we're here with Seema and Molly. They are mother and daughter, and they are the designers and founders of Leah Molly. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. Oh, hi. Thank you for having yes. us. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. Fun. I know. First of all, you know, I've already spoken about this. I love your designs. I love what you're doing. Um, but tell us your story. Tell us how uh, to well, start. Where to begin? <laughs> where to begin? No, I mean, Molly, it's her entire life. And for me, I mean, I've been a knitwear designer since I was a child. I mean, I just love knitting, but I wanted to do patterns. And so the machine knitting kind of like was more exciting to me because I yeah. wanted to add that print element. Also kind to of bring a- manufacturing in the small, like, sustainable way back to the States. Yes, I well, love yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, I was starting, where did we begin? So yeah, no, I mean, I just started knitting when I was young and then um, it just machine knitting sort of took over. Then I ended up going to Parsons, graduating from Parsons. And then I worked in the industry for a long time. And Molly, you know, entered the, like worked at at anthropology. I would drag her across the, I worked at anthropology. Sorry, I'm kind of (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah. Well, I grew up like going to work with her basically. I would, you know, complain, not go to second grade, and she would bring me to her work, and I would be like playing with buttons in the corner. And, yeah, in the um, industry. You know, like, <laughs> when you guys went to Paris for, you know, like textile shows. Right. I, would, to, um, tag along. I spoke French, so I would be translator. Yeah, she would. Yes. I was a good word. So you went, yeah, so, <laughs> Sina, you went to Premier Vision. 
I went to Premier Vision. I went to um, Pity Filati, to yeah. all the yarn shows all across. Like, I, I would get these round the world tickets and then just go get inspiration. You know, yeah. in the industry, how the industry used to work, you would just travel around and get inspired. And so right. and being a I new mom, be a I wanted to designer. bring my daughter. Mm-hmm. I used to be a textile designer. So I did the exact same thing that you did. Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. So I know that feeling and bringing your daughter, what an experience, Molly. That's yeah. like, it was really fun. Yeah. I can only imagine. When did you guys start working? How did that yeah. idea come to mind? Well, you know, Hurricane Katrina, in New Orleans. So my husband's mm-hmm. from New Orleans. Okay. And when that hit, that was the exit out of the industry and into being an entrepreneur for us. Got it. Because we wanted to re it was a reassess moment, just like COVID is just like, mm-hmm. every, you know, moments in the, in the lifetime that just happened to you. And okay. Katrina was a big one for us. So right. we ended up going to new Orleans and that was the catalyst to sort of like, how can I do something on my own, which has always been my dream. Mm-hmm. And then really include the family and really just like create something that we could just do together for a long time. And that I would just that it wouldn't be so changing many jobs, like always in the industry, you know, like yes. some of the industry used to work is yes. even just not sustainable professionally even. Right. So it just felt like the right moment. So when we got to New Orleans, um, I was making things overseas and I somehow found myself in this corporate loophole of making 13 things a year because that's all I could afford. I had to buy bulk. I had to own it just didn't feel, it felt like, oh my God, I just created this corporate environment in my own home. Yeah, home. This not what I want to do at all. Right. So next catalyst, we did a Kickstarter. We got the machine, the knitting machine. I sort of threw it out to the universe and was like, let's, let's see what'll happen. You know, like, well, and I always wanted a knitting machine because as an artist, if you, it was like having the paintbrush in your own hand, Absolutely. I, could prototype. I could make five of something that I could make one of something. It, it didn't matter. It was, if I had the yarn cones, then I could, I could, um, yeah, I remember when you were that. designing your, uh, Limoli sweaters, which were really, really beautiful. And you would tack them up all on the wall and, you know, as a family, we would vote on which one, but it was really like, <laughs> there were very few, like, cause it had to be, you know, the tech facts had to be like exact because making samples and the whole process, it's really and difficult to get started. Like there's a real gap there for like, small makers, small designers to get their stuff made. I mean, we'd have to make 500 of something. So yeah, we right. built That's 500. It yeah. was a lot of pressure. And yeah. if it didn't, it was, we would be, that would be a huge investment for us. Of course, because you've got to keep yeah. those 500 sweaters. Yes, yeah. exactly. And get through That's them. Right. And by yeah. the time you were done with them, you didn't like them anymore. It oh, was no. like, oh. oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, yeah. So we got the knitting machine and once we got it, it was like, oh no, it was, I thought I was a design. I mean, I'd been a designer for so long. I really right. thought I knew what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. It was like having this machine is not like doing a tech pack. You have to become a mechanic. You have That's to right. become a programmer. You have to add all the design stuff, but you also have, so it took a while and to get really that And you really feel every bit of labor because I remember, I don't know, visiting manufacturing places and you see like linking and all the different things that people do. Sure. And we all are aware, or these designers are aware of like the ways seams are made, your buttons are added. But when you're making it yourself and manufacturing it yourself, you feel every link if you're doing <laughs> Absolutely. it. You Absolutely. You feel every link. Our whole family, Leon, our, my little brother, you know, he's like, man, we got to iron more, you know? Yes. 
<laughs> I mean, it, you feel all the, so when you think of when you pay for something, I feel, we feel whatever, you know, it's like, I, when I see something made in a store, I have so much of a different appreciation for how much and how much, you know, work went into that piece. Yeah. We literally get all ourselves. The machine helps us a lot because yeah. it does. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, sure. it cuts out the timing of you sitting there and actually knitting, but you've got yeah. to organize all those needles so that they yes. do the right thing. You've got, <laughs> to put, break. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to go ahead and put the yarns in the right, you know, yes. and, the and the cams, you've got to be able to change them. So that it, I, I remember, yeah. you know, when yeah. I was knitting and I'm a graduate of FIT, textiles was mm -hmm. my major and we used to have to do knitting. Um, mm -hmm. It was one of our, one of our courses, right? And I remember having to use the flatbed machine and we had weights on the knitting machine. That's right. Yeah. And I, then I all, and all, all their basement. Yeah. So cool. and yeah. all of a sudden, like one needle drops and everything drops and everything's like, oh my God, all my work, everything I did. And I yes. can't even imagine. I mean, if that pressure is just when you're doing a small sample of something to feel yeah. that when you're doing this for your business. Yeah. It's got to be like, you know, it, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. So, you know, kudos to even like going in there. <laughs> well, she's, she's, she's pretty this. like, it's a, I have hamlets. I have, I just got mine up from New York. Um, uh -huh. Luckily the, the industrial machine is like a little bit less air, but yeah, still there are some sweaters with runs and then, you know, I get in there and I try to make something else with it or, you it's, know. Right. You know, in the old days, right. you would have an apprentice, um, you know, you'd have someone learning from a, someone who'd been doing it for a very long time. In my case, there were no YouTube videos on how to do this. Right. There was nobody to learn from. I, I just had to start from scratch. It's right. kind of crazy. And yeah. she luckily got to piggyback and learn everything that I've learned. So she is such a better knitter than I am. She is like <laughs> such a faster programmer. Than, because she, she, because you were her apprentice, you know, exactly. you were really, yes. Exactly. Yes. She is getting that. And it was, there was no pressure for me to all of a sudden yes. like, support a family. Exactly. Because all the while I had I to got, support like, this family. I've been the main breadwinner of the whole, so, so this whole thing had to be tight, sharp on, you know, make them like profitable. There was no chance of being unprofitable from day one because we left the golden handcuffs of the corporate world and into this thing and, you know, had to feed, feed everybody. And, Did know, it always, Seema, was it always wraps or was it sweaters first? Well, originally it was sweaters okay. made over and then you know, right. when we did that for a while, then we got the knitting machine and eventually I think we will end up in sweaters, but we, right. it's really taken a long time to just get the programming down to get like linking the sweaters is like a whole other step. Totally. We well, different yeah. I mean, the machine can do 90% of what I needed to do. And then a simple seam at the end, so, which is great. no waste. Because you just put the cones in there. You're just knitting what you need. You're not cutting away stuff. You're just right. knitting exactly what you need for that for that garment or that piece. Like you don't need to, you know, you, you, there's no trash. Like we right. rarely have any trash and, and at all. Beautiful. 
beautiful. And I yeah. think that's the other and, thing. And about we don't even waste water. Yeah. Like even the washing side of it, we live in the Catskills, you know, I have a, a well, so I really care deeply about what goes into, then I have a vegetable garden outside. So, so we, everything is biodegradable. Everything is very little water, no waste. You we, know, what's really yeah. hilarious. Our uh, knitting machine studio. So there's like the house and then there's sort of this other little building that's half United States post office <laughs> yes. and oh. half the knitting and so we just walk right next door and mail yes. off all our orders. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's true. Like there's no there's no fossil fuel. It's just our feet looking at the post office, a small so rural like, post office. Yeah. I love that. I think that's amazing. See, that to yeah. me is such a beautiful story. A story of you know a cottage industry. Basically, yes, that's exactly yes. the first word that we and use And in lot. growing, in growth, so we suddenly need to either get another machine because we are growing, that we're having the growing pain problem right now because we that's have a lot to have. Order. That's a good pain to have. It's a good pain to have. It's just, we want to not disappoint anybody either. And it's kind of, it's Correct. at that point where, so, but you know, luckily we were doing some private, I was doing some private label for another designer, like making right. her stuff. Right. And she is suddenly got her, you know, I managed to help her find a machine for mm -hmm. her, for her designs. And now she's going to be able to knit some of the overages because I can't really do her production anymore. So she's going to become the overage of that. So her fact, her little industry can grow. I'm hoping another person will get another machine. And then instead it's like sharing the knowledge and the yes. stuff goes around and growing that way can you imagine like all these little rural footprints I, like that would be so wonderful. so wonderful I think that's such a yeah. beautiful dream to be quite honest with you yeah and I find that um you know I had another interview uh before with a designer that actually she started thinking about you know they they do Maison de Papillon which is a you know, a clothing line that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, they started thinking, how can we help other brands that yes. are actually sustainable as well? And they yes. created Project Gaia, yes, which is really a platform. It was a, you know, a store for all of these brands to come together. And now you're here thinking the same way. And I feel so lucky to be able to speak to all you wonderful ladies because I believe in sharing like that you yeah, know I do and that, too. that is how we grow and that is how we grow sustainability and yeah what be, what is it little industry hopefully will be the way yeah. of fashion in the future yeah I mean I um don't I think this competition thing is a problem and has been a problem in the past I'd much rather collaborate instead of competition yes. You know, and because there's a, yes. there's enough for everybody. And always. as a designer, you, you know, will always be coming up with new things. So you don't need to worry about that. But, but the manufacturing thing, I want more people to be manu small manufacturers. I, I want more knitters. I want the knitting community to grow because it's amazing. And it's something that you can really, you know, you can make a living at it. And it's yes. great fun. It's also it, kind of a new version of craft knowledge. Mm -hmm. more modern, high tech, high sense, tech, you know? low tech, same thing, you know, yeah. it's high, yeah. same thing as looms and the hand flats and, you know, we don't, that, that manufacturing knowledge of the idea of, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, your loom, your loom, uh, which is fine, but like people just are not aware of how textiles are made. That's right. A lot nowadays. And that's unfortunate, you know, yes. because yeah. none of that's happening around here. Like, how would you, 
you know, knitting needles are completely foreign objects. And right. even in schools, you get an you get the opportunity to use a stole machine in some colleges, but then you never get to use it again yes, after you're exactly. done. And That's even right. Molly, Molly would love to be able to jump in and use the machine because she makes these incredible art pieces. So I have to carve out time for her to come over and, and do her incredible paintings that she does on the on the machine. And she's building something. She'll she'll jump in and do like a few special designs just for us you know just for you know for the Leah Molly yeah. little namesake but like really her own thing it, it's it's kind of like she's taking fine art to a whole other level that's that she's playing with that's super exciting yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and fill the audience in a little bit about that because um you're absolutely right Seema I think both of you are extremely talented um so Leah Molly does these beautiful wraps and they all have this just, oh, how can I, how can I, they're, they're abstract art that is really, that you wrap yourself around. That's the best way I can really describe it. You know, made of beautiful Egyptian Pima cotton, right? And it, it's organic cotton. Yeah. Correct. Long staple organic Long staple cotton. That you're getting from Italy, correct? Yeah. It's Italian spun Egyptian cotton. So dyed in a sustainable, like the, you know, it's, it's really, it feels like cashmere, but it's cotton and biodegradable I, lasts forever though, because it's yeah. long staple. It doesn't pill. It, it does not pill. Absolutely. Um, again, my nerdy textile background was extremely, <laughs> extremely pleased <laughs> and excited mm -hmm. to see this because of how beautiful the designs are. Okay, because it's great when you have something that feels good and everything else, but a lot of the times we think of sustainable fashion as only beiges and only, you know, a, a black and white, a neutral, you know, canvas. And here you have like an explosion of beautiful colors, of beautiful designs that really can go from casual to evening if you really want it to, you know, and I love that. And I agree that not only is Seema a great artist, but so is Molly. You know, I picked up two of the designs and accidentally I picked up one that was Seema's and one that was Molly's. <laughs> and to do this is truly an art form. Now, where do you ladies get your inspiration for your design? Um, I think we are very inspired by cities and culture and history and patterns like we are just always museums can be our most exciting place to go whether it's a botanical museum right. and you know it's like molly focusing in on a butterfly wing like the where she did this abstract monarch based on the fractaling of the wing. i don't know we're we're we get nerdy with um it's historic so, i don't know i feel like i would go to my university library back when I made the butterfly one and I was like just browsing through books and I was in like the physics and fractal section and that's where yeah that's one right from. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's just we just I mean it's we kind of feel what's it, I, I don't it even know how constantly. to I don't really know we hash out a lot of stuff to each other yeah um, you know we're like always we'll start a board together and we'll adding things yeah. Yeah. And um, that is, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but that within itself is something that's really, really special. Um, as um, an artist, to find somebody else that you actually are in the same thinking lane with is really not that easy. 
Yeah, no, we can. We and the fact that it's mother and daughter, that's (laughs) people are like, What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you? And we're like, Oh, I get it. Yes, we can. can, It's sort of fun. Yeah, (laughs) no, it is fun because you know, having worked, and I'm sure Seema, you know, the feeling of having worked in the industry with people that don't get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult you know, yeah. that, that yeah. you really don't, are not, you're almost, you feel like, oh my God, am I speaking the same language? Are, are people really understanding what I'm saying? But then when you find that person, that, that partner, that mm-hmm. you both are actually like, oh, I love that. I get it. And I, you know what, if you change this and if you do that and that you're in that same lane is to me, one of the most satisfying feelings. Like if you yeah. like, first that partner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so true. We really we go to each other all the time for like just information. Like I don't know. No, it's, it's true. Like, it's I don't true. Know, whether it's paintings or scarves, like yeah. When I, when I go there and I'm making my tapestries, like you're such a big collaborator in that part. Where, where whether it's like I don't know, just staring at the swatch and being like, I'm does this good, make any sense? Like, what about colors? Oh, you're you're the She's pattern, I'm color. Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm the color. She's patterns. Yes. And that's awesome because then this is that, that's what makes it really flow so beautifully because then you get together and it's like, oh my God, that's gorgeous. Molly, where are you still in college? No, I've graduated. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yes. So and she just did a residency in Iceland, which was so cool. And oh, I went to go visit her. Yes. Really? Tell me yes. a little bit about that. Yeah, I was at the Icelandic Textile Center. It was really cool. You actually um in met, Blundis. Yeah, you met the some fish skin uh button woman. Oh, it was yeah. So yeah. this is how this is exactly how our crazy little paths will happen. So I was doing this sheep and wool festival in Rhinebeck, and this <laughs> not everyone was, can say that. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a couple years ago, and um a late a group of ladies came from Iceland that were coming through, and they all had these incredible uh lofa paces maybe i'm saying it wrong but the the icelandic um sweaters sweaters that they anyway they were coming there and they told me about this incredible textile center um and so i told molly about it and she jumped all over it applied (laughs) and it was pretty wonderful um you know there was uh, seven other artists and we were all just kind of living there for like a month and working on our projects i brought some very large tapestries knitted on our machine and i was just embroidering and working a lot on that element and painting and things. And I'm hoping we can add embroidery to, to our scarves going that forward. Wow. Yes. Yeah, wow. Really wow. Embroidery that down. Would that, would yeah. be, that would be luxury. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would be, it would be beautiful. You know, yeah. right now the scarves are such an easy travel wash pieces. Like we said, mm-hmm. you can literally, it's hundred percent cotton. You throw them in the wash, you know, of course, cold water gentle and mm-hmm. I do low tumble dry and it's like new you know and if you want to like just steam it a little bit you could otherwise you really could just shake it and it gets back into its shape it know? does or I mean I'm terrible I wash it sometimes accidentally with my jeans on hot and it's still fine but don't yes. do that <laughs> yes. a little bit smaller a little bit smaller <laughs> not really no it doesn't no, really Oh, I pre-shrink everything before. The part of the reason it's so lofty is because I have washed it down and then iron it before. So that's part of our recipe to get that. Love that. 
Yeah. I love that. So, but it's it stays beautiful. like that and then you, it will not shrink. So also like, add in your favorite softener too. That's always nice. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or even to vinegar. Get it, to get it really nice and lofty. Um, mm-hmm. Here's my question to you guys. Where do you see sustainability and style in what's out there today and what you're bringing to, to the table? Um, I really, I mean, I think fine art and artists, there's so many incredible artists out there. And I just find that even from the maker world, like I, I find my most inspiring pieces whenever I, you know, go to like a maker fair or some small mm-hmm. artisan thing. Like to me, there's luxury in that. There's, there's someone took time in that. There's so much love and thought that went into that piece. That's luxury to me. I don't think luxury is a name of a brand on top of something. I think it's that, that time and the, the, the effort and the, just the, the love that kind of went into what was going on. So there's something about fine art where you do, you are really thinking you're taking the time you're painting, you're um, sculpting, you're, you're, you know, there's some, there's luxury in that. That's why yeah. those, you know, their paintings are so amazing and they last forever. But I feel like that's moving a little bit more into things that we can actually have in our lives. So instead of just in a museum, like in part of our worlds, like that to me is luxury. So like, I love what Molly is doing because it's like her tapestries and then there's a pillow. It's almost like when you think of old collaborations with some designer would do something with a big brand, but I'd rather just go directly to the artist and have a way that dialogue and Molly has always had a, you know, felt this thing like, why can't I sell things to people? Like, why is that not in gallery worthy? Like what, there's this whole thing. There's this whole thing where it's like, you're not allowed to be part of the comp, the commerce. If you're an artist, like there's something in there. That's where some really incredible luxury is going to lie and come out of. I totally agree. And like historically with the whole beautiful objects, everything like you know whether it's a scarf or tiles or a wallpaper or a bow blanket something like that like it just it deserves to be sustainable both environmentally mm-hmm. and you know I don't know give you beauty for your if home. someone can make a living making that and there's more people like that in our world that's luxury As you know? uh, that's like amen. yeah uh, absolutely you know I feel like a lot of the times people confuse or really don't understand luxury. I think a lot of the times when we think of luxury, everyone thinks of, of course, a a name like a Chanel or Gucci, which in my opinion, they are luxury when you look at exactly what they do. Well made. Well, exactly. That it is all of these, because let's face it, a lot of that is actually artisans that are taking the time in Europe doing not they're ready to wear that's very fast fashion but the actual designs that they're doing are made exactly the way that all of these small makers are making their things as well it's the same thing you know they're they're taking their time they are using quality materials to put together something that is functional because you're going to be able to use it or or it's lovely just to to hang or to look at um but it really is quality it's going to last you for a very long time so luxury comes at different price points i think is probably what i'm trying to say as well you know you can have luxury that is extremely you know high end and you can have one that's in the middle ground and you can have one that's lower you know it's all about that time and quality But living in the Hudson Valley, there are so many luxury makers up there. And, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, just my favorite mug in the world, which could be thousands of dollars is like, you know, $48, but the most amazing handle ever, like, you know, it yeah. made by somebody with incredible integrity, with incredible quality. I mean, that is, I just want to see more things being more affordable, but in a way that sustains people's lives, that they can be makers and makers are more valued and respected because that is also better for the planet. If, if yes. there's more makers, you know, like that. Yeah. And it's, it takes us to support those makers. And, you know, I think yeah. important is, is the other thing is, um, which is what the podcast tries to do is bring their stories, right? Because yes, when you actually buy one of these and someone's like, that's lovely, who made that? You know, I could say something like, oh my God, this is a mother and daughter team, you know, up in the Catskills and it's, you know, Leah Molly or, you know, it, it just is the stories that come with that. Yes, yeah, so it has a meaning and it makes the piece more value. You take care of it better. You pass it down. Yeah. You know, you don't need as many. You can just cherish the ones you have. You know, that's no, that's so true. And that's what I, I mean, I love these craft shows for reasons because you get to meet your other makers, see their wares. And you also get to meet the people who buy your scarves and give them the story and the insight into, I don't know, where it was made and things like that. And also, you know, people learn about. Yeah, we'll never know. not do craft shows. We love them. Like, I love we it. do the building supply. We do Phoenicia Flea. We, the Sheep and Wool Festival. Like, we love them. I mean, there's so much when my husband loves them. Like, oh, my, see, my I love Yeah, that's doing. fabulous. Like, we love that's it. That's a lifestyle. It is. So, it is a lifestyle. But I then mean, we do wholesale and we do it sell to small boutiques, and those right. are in neighborhoods and they know the story. And right. like, you know, so that's been great. And then, yeah, yeah, it's, it's taken a while to figure out our little thing. And now like making it with our other friends, you know, expanding in a way of having as supporting other people with the machine, like helping them with their broken needles, helping them being able to share that knowledge. No, that's very curious, cool. like even our growth and stuff like that, like we can see from our orders, like Oh, we do a show in Chicago and then like the week that we leave, we see some orders come in online because someone told their friend and their friend <laughs> bought, right. you know, we know. And then sometimes people write us on Instagram and they're like, oh, like, you know, my friend told me, can I order this wrap? Or, you know, we sell to a boutique in Nantucket. And then all of a sudden we get some orders the next week from right. other random people. So right. it's really, you can see like people telling their friends, basically. Yes. The word of mouth growth. <laughs> yes. And that's the, the best, best that's the best kind. That's the best yeah. kind. Because that yes. is your true follower. That is the true person exactly. that, that loves what you do. Tell yes. us about a time that you saw someone wearing your design and you were just excited about that. Oh, like, hmm. sometimes, sometimes I will see, like, I've seen the butterfly on somebody just, uh, you know, walking through the city, like, uh -huh. and then I'm like, oh, it's a moment of Molly. Like, yes. you, know, it's like oh. you know, it's like, it just brings back when that piece would, and then that I actually made that piece that that person's walking around in, which is kind of exciting too. And I think Molly used to always catch Whenever she would see something that I've made at a yeah. at a place, she would be like, "Look, there's yeah. a Leah Molly." Like, kind of, <laughs> yeah. we have I think about COVID too. There's been like a really nice community growth because our like I don't know internet presence or whatever and our website and stuff was it's become the uh, well. That's thanks to you. Yeah, <laughs> so totally people, you. people order stuff, and there's been a lot more like dialogue between whoever bought 
bandanas, masks, wraps, whatever, and right. they'll post pictures or reach out to us or, yeah. you know, ask us for something like special or if we can bring something back. And, you know, there's been a lot of like, um, yeah, I do a lot of like the talking with the DMs and this and that. So I've, I don't know, met a lot of interesting people and gotten to hear nice. a lot of nice feedback. That's felt really good. And that's and one, other thing, mm, uh, one other thing we do at a show that I thought was fun is we will bring our yarn cones, all the colors that we currently have in the studio. I remember you doing that, that's right. And you can recolor anything you want in your own color combinations, which really lets them be part of a design process, like the color, like pick a pattern. And that's a little luxury element too, I don't know. <laughs> you know I was just gonna say I, that I actually. That, you know? that to you me know? is true luxury, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah that's we can customize. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's not a problem. Like I could never do that in, if I were ordering from Asia, I have to order 500 pieces of something, but that's like right. here, if you want one wrap and you want it in this shade of purple with this shade yeah. of green, I can do it for that. You know, no problem. And let's, talk, about, <laughs> and let's talk a little bit about now the future of fashion. Cause I think we're touching on that. I think we're touching mm -hmm. on the Instagram, the orders that are coming in, the specialization, the, you know, how do you see the future of fashion and how do you see Leah Molly in that future? The future of fashion. I think that I hope that we'll look a little bit more into what's local, basically, mm -hmm. with a lot of things, food, fashion, everything, or lo local, like a, not like your city per se, but correct. you know, your, your region, your region. Mm -hmm. And you know, people do think a little bit more about how things are made or how they'll last. Um, and I think that's happening already. Yeah, you know, that is. And, and I, the awareness with like the internet, people, maybe they can order things more things online, but also they're learning a little bit more. Most people are learning more about sustainability and mm -hmm. things that they were not aware of a long time ago. And people can share their stories, their maker stories. In, Via you. Yes. That's right. You're, you're, you're finding us and telling the stories, which is in connecting the dots, which is And so people so will big. listen to those podcasts and they will hear the perspectives and methods that people use and the stories of who makes things. And I, I think that's a, on, the, on the up and up. And I hope there's just small manufacturers because I think yeah. it's too hard and too just unhealthy for everybody everybody if when factories are very very large i love the idea of i mean the one thing about automation that, that you know you can have a small rural little thing and make something you know and then and then That's right. also like i would be able to give orders to other people the other people i could make things for other, like that whole connection is like to me the next wave of like of how we're going to make stuff um locally because we do need to share this knowledge it's not here there's right. like no like uh, there is no youtube videos on how to run a stole machine there's just not and it's just not that easy to but having this network of people that have machines that are around here that's slowly growing we can share that i'm sharing oil with somebody when they run out of oil i'm sharing a needle you know i'm asking somebody right. else for a needle like we're all we need that kind of community like net as manufacturers too, that is going to be helps us support the sustainability and also the yarn. I want to, we grow incredible yarn here in this country. We yeah. just grow. There's just so much of it. Like I can't order a thousand cones of yarn. I need to order 
you know, maybe 25 cones, but that's not really possible. So I'm trying to figure out how I can get my yarn out of North Carolina and figure out the supply. I'm figuring out redesigning the supply chain for small scale. Italy does that beautifully. Italy does it beautifully. They've been doing it for centuries. I think it is, again, this is why they're so good at what they do. Yeah. And that they really do turn out a luxury product. Yes. You know, they, do. they really do. They do. I mean, I yeah. feel like it's, um, and that's the kind of things that I think you're absolutely right, Seema, where we really have to learn how do we actually use our own resources as well, you know, in a way that is sustainable for all of the smaller industries, you know? Um, yeah. There, there should be smaller minimums for people, you know, you, yeah. It's impossible. Can't grow a business ordering thousands of, you don't know even where to put it. And you don't even, what if you don't, you know, you need to test things out. And so, you know, Italy, you can order a kilo of yarn. You can try this here. You can try the, but here it's not really, we don't have that supply. We have a supply chain problem in the, in, you know, like we, we have the yarn, we have the cotton, the same amazing cotton that I can get here, but there's no way I can afford the minimums. I don't even, I'd have to have containers on my all over my yard just and never get through it yeah I don't know I think the difference is in um the difference is in mentality right I think here in the United States we're all about capitalization and how can we make more money and I think Italy and Europe it's more about artists and how can they create something new and let them play let them play you know let I was gonna say based on like gross like you know obviously we do want to grow our business but at this this, that same time it is supporting our family and like I want to you know support myself and my family right and I don't need to be like you know have a big big like you know um, (laughs) department store based on all my only my work you know what I mean like you don't have to grow to be have like hundreds of employees you know what I mean like I feel like in Italy like having that sense of collective or something yes you know people that uh, that's why uh, to me sharing is so important it's like sharing knowledge sharing the yarn like if we're all using this black yarn maybe we can use this black I can use some of it you can use some of it because we all want to use this black yarn and everyone's going to create something different (laughs) exactly exactly Exactly. everyone's going to do something else something totally different from what you put together yeah there is enough room for everyone there is enough room to contribute to this and in like a sustainable way if people are shopping sustainably, like there's enough room. I don't know. Right. And artists right. know this. Artists know this. You know, they know. They're like, I'm doing my thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, um, I think it's just one of those things. Again, I think we were speaking yesterday um, with another brand and speaking about, you know, that it's really the clients that, you know, the customer that needs to be aware and needs to be willing to invest in the smaller brands, that that they actually need to be uh, also, I think, involved, you know, by telling you through Instagram, you know, Molly, I love, can you bring that back? Because I love that, you know, I would love to see this, you know, (laughs) wrap, exactly, you know, that creates, again, the community for that brand that's community based around you know, the love of the brand itself and the mm-hmm. love of the lifestyle that you guys lead because they're going to want to go to other brands that are just like you. And mm-hmm. it's hopefully, you know, I feel that the future of fashion is heading in the direction where we are 
absolutely more conscious about the people that are creating these mm-hmm. works, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, big manufacturing um, when mm-hmm. it's done right, you know? Yes, like, exactly. Totally. Yeah, totally. there's a need, there, there's a place and a need for, you know, for everything. Um, but when something is done correctly and, and no one is being used in a way that is, you know, um, harmful and, mm-hmm like you said also where the raw materials come from the dyes you know what's being done is this going into our waters excuse me something being biodegradable something being lasting i think these are all things that if once the consumer starts being more aware they start asking for it more and it's going to force a lot more people the way that i think that as consumers we can start doing this now is supporting brands like yours, you know, and saying, Hey, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop buying so much and buy things that are really meaningful to me and support these brands and spread the word. And this is going to force hopefully bigger brands to actually start slowing down a little bit. It's true. Oh yeah. The consumers, they have a huge say in everything that's vote with your dollar. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and that's uh, for I the think, world you want, <laughs> for the world you want. That's right. You know, and, and here's the thing. I feel like a lot of the times with fashion, you know, I, I, I always mention this, you know, we all need to wear clothing. It is a basic need. It's a necessity. You know, what we do with it and how we express ourselves is something else. But yeah. it also is part of our need. It's also part of how we communicate with people and what is it that we want to say to them and, and what we care about and everything else. Yet people don't realize how important that is. And they are, in, in a way, they're just, you know, not even paying attention. You know, they're just buying whatever it is. They don't really care. It's like it's disposable. It's this. And now it's coming back to where we're caring about what we are actually not just ingesting and by buying organic foods or whatever, but it's also about what we're wearing and making sure that it's something that feels good and that really is also expressive. Also lets people know what, you know, who we are without saying anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I think once the consumer starts feeling that need more and more, we're going to get there, you know, because- the future of fashion is sustainable. There's no other yeah. way around it. Nope. It has to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's no other way around it. It's like you can't you can't try to go the other way. Just can't. You know, it's it's too destructive. So yeah. and I think we all know it now. And we're moving in the absolutely right direction. So, I think we are. I think so too. I think so too. I love the idea that you ladies are actually working on things together and thinking about the future. You were saying. What are some of the things that you're thinking of? Well, playing around with, let's just say that because I think uh, for next, this idea we're coming. actually, that's exactly, we're wrapping up our um, big productions. Like, you know, usually, usually December and January is when we really kind of come up with the new pattern. Yeah. So we are, that's what, that's why we're together right now. We haven't really seen each other, but maybe two times in person and live, you know, since COVID. So, so we are actually having our little design. um, We're going to start our mood boards. So that's the most exciting part. (laughs) So um, we haven't even really shared where we're heading to each other on what we're thinking, right? Like, I know because we literally just got together like a couple days ago. So it's been, <laughs> what are we thinking? 
Um, I mean, I want to make some throws. <laughs> yes. she, she does. We want. You know that I'm there too, Molly. I was. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've definitely been thinking of more like what's how can a rack get even bigger, um, right. but not you know that you could wear it just really almost as a robe or as a as a. I don't know, more three-dimensional pieces um, that we could add to it. Um, You know, and then of course there's new patterns. I mean, going to Iceland, like I haven't designed anything since then, but that was pretty inspiring seeing like the textile heritage there, right? Right. And um, this textile center recorded, you know, like like the the school museum and like some lectures. That was a pretty inspiring information. And people wear a lot of sweaters there because it's windy and cold and all the time. So there's a lot of uh, cool draping knits and yeah. Patterns. I have a funny feeling Iceland's going to be on that mood board. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we were so inspired by it. I mean, we saw well, the she, volcano she came to and, and uh, yes, the, the show and everything. Yeah, the oh, show. It, I think Iceland is definitely going to be making its and way. And the dramatic in. nature and like patterns, and dramatic the rocks and nature and things like that. Mm. It's Oh. Mm. yeah greens a lot of shades of greens and a lot of shades of um that's like i'm really into the yeah. this uh cool otherworldly. Mm. yeah exactly. kind of otherworldly um these and all the buildings and things like that have these nice pops of really vivid color against these like natural tones too which wow. are really yeah cool. yeah so yeah the i want to go to iceland <laughs> I, I it was pretty amazing yeah. yeah we, we yeah. were in a camper van we took a camper van around yeah, and really got to immerse ourselves in the nature but every day we would just wake up or look outside and go oh my gosh I have to remember that color I have to remember that pattern of that is there a lot of picture taking a lot of like that yes I don't think I've taken so many pictures of like zoomed in rocks in my life. <laughs> yes. so, so I, I don't know how that's going to translate into I Jeff can't Hurts, wait to but, see it but you'll see it yeah soon yeah, <laughs> I'm very, very excited about that, ladies. I, there's anything else that you'd like to tell, you know, the audience of Stylishly Sustainable before I ask you my last question? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, on the spot. Um, I don't know, just uh, realize your power for change in your own choices, your own personal choices and it's, stuff like that. It's true. Live yeah. the live the life you'd like to see and all that. Listen to <laughs> the kids of the future because they really know. And I it's agree. their world. It's their world. We're just borrowing it from them. So that's like, right. You know? I agree. And then my last question to both of you ladies is what does stylishly sustainable mean to you? Do you go first? Stylish oh stylishly sustainable less and less but whatever is less is a little bit more like you know I don't know if that means less is more I don't know I don't know if I Um, set that together for me I think uh, I think it's basically the same thing like thinking like I dress pretty vividly and you know I really express myself through the way I the clothes I wear but I am very conscious of making uh sustainable choices with what I wear and also you know I do like I like heirloom pieces as well and I like to think of our wraps as kind of like heirloom wraps in a way too because they will last a long time and hopefully be a part of your wardrobe in a variety of ways whether you're wearing it to the beach or the mountain or on a rainy day and you know thinking of 
Molly so took our masks and made the cutest bikini out of it. She is <laughs> See? just a, that's, she is that's just what I'm magical at like repurposing and coming up that's with a million me. things. That to me, Molly is stylish and sustainable. Yes. <laughs> that to me is stylishly sustainable. Our Instagram has a fantastic picture of that. I don't even know how she came up with that. She's like, oh, I don't have a baby. I'm gonna go look at that right away. Together. That's amazing. <laughs> That thing is stylish and sustainable for sure. You know, yes. ladies, thank you so much. This has been thank such a you. wonderful conversation. I, I always say this, you know, I start um, liking the brands that I'm, you know, speaking to having this wonderful conversation with, and I end up loving them. <laughs> so thank so you, thank you. Thank okay. you so much for that. And of course, everyone, please follow them at Leah Molly on Instagram. Is there anything else that you, any other platforms that you want to tell them to follow? Um, I think uh, Instagram and we have a newsletter on our website and sometimes we get little sneak peeks into our studio there. Oh, nice. um, so yes, Molly is the, our tech lady. I'm the, I'm the machine tech. She's. <laughs> and, and of course go to, uh, at, you know, to leahmolly.com and order yourself a wrap. I highly recommend it, especially now that it's getting a little chilly here and you can just wear it anywhere. Look at my Instagram <laughs> at Monica Diaz mode and you'll see how I wore it to the beach this summer. I'll speak to mm -hmm. everyone soon. Thank you so much ladies for this wonderful conversation and always stay stylishly sustainable. I have fallen in love with Leah Molly more, and I hope that you have as well, and that you go on to leahmolly.com and well, check out the collection, order yourself a piece, or maybe have one as a gift, or probably both. And of course, go on to their Instagram page at Leah Molly and follow me on Instagram at Monica Diaz Mode and subscribe to the Stylishly Sustainable Podcast we need subscribers please subscribe share because we need to grow this community of sustainable fashion seekers eco-friendly lifestyle brands so please follow us and of course stay safe and stay stylishly sustainable <laughs>